Welcome back to ASD, A New Perspective, the podcast show where we help you understand what is going on in the mind of your child. And we do encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm Kat Lee, and in this week's podcast, Dr. Sheely joins us and talks about RDI, teens, and adults. Let's listen in. So we're talking today about teens and adults uh, entering RDI, and uh, this is a subject really dear to my heart, Dr. Sheely, because way back, uh, I, I don't know if I should say how long ago, uh, uh, one of my very first cases was uh, a young adult. He was 18, almost 19. And, um, you know, I would never want someone to shy away from RDI, Dr. Sheely, because their child is older. Um, what do you have to say about that? I wouldn't want them to shy away either. I also think that there is some confusion about what you do with an 18-year-old. Because if you have a young child and you're working on referencing, you can play peekaboo. You're not going to do that with a 15-year-old, an 18-year-old, or a 27-year-old. But referencing does require something like that, but it has to be age-appropriate. So when I think about a, a, a young teenager, even an older teenager, I like to think about what do particularly guys this age like to do and how could we work on the kinds of things that need to be worked on and let them feel grown up, let them feel their age, not feel like we're talking down, playing, uh, playing down to them. So I, I love the, I love thinking about this. And I think over the years, I did not start with an 18-year-old. I started with about an (laughs) 18-month-old. But over the years, I began to see that it was a great population. And they were really fun to work with and um, uh, great opportunities for things. Well, and I feel so passionately that if you're an 18-year-old or, like you said, 27-year-old age is is not the issue and you're trying to get around in the world uh, with, if we want, however we want to say it, holes in your developmental plane, whatever it may be, it's really hard. And that was the case with with this uh, wonderful guy that I worked with. He he was out there trying to live a life, um, and he didn't know why he was having so much trouble in life. And what a charming what a charming person he is and was. Um, but it had nothing to do with that. It had to do with he'd missed some things. And that's what I would have uh, parents and students know. It's, 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 it's things get missed in that developmental little path, and we can help with that. And it made all the difference. It made all the difference to him. Did it? Uh, you know, I think about regulatory patterns and how we move together and how when children are very young, it's so easy. You know, you play those little games with them. You do patty cake. You do things like that. But sometimes you still need to work on regulatory patterns with someone who's older. And I like to take a walk. I've often said to parents, you know, I think you could do all of RDI, work on every objective by just taking a walk. So I often start 
by getting them into the habit of just walking around the block together. And that can be more difficult than people imagine because for people who are not in sync with each other, to try to walk around the block gets to be difficult. So they'll say, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to do this? Do you want me to just noticeable difference? I said, no, just walk around the block. And I found that there are some things we can do when walking around the block that very quickly get us walking together. For instance, you can lock arms or you'll see guys walking down the street with their hands on each other's shoulders. And those kinds of things don't look odd and they don't feel odd, but yet they begin to work on regulatory patterns in a way that helps the person we're working with get in sync with us. Do you find that when older students come to you, the parents struggle with hopefulness uh, when they're older? I think they're worried about the future because when a child's much younger, you think I have all these years. But when you have someone older who comes in, the parents are often very tired because they've been trying so many things. And yes, I think they struggle with hope. I think it's very difficult for them to dream again. So oddly enough, something like walking around the block and feeling that connection goes a long way toward giving them hope. We've never done this before. This feels great. I'm feeling connected to my child. My child is enjoying being with me. It's interesting you said that because when you're talking about walking arm in arm or or, or linked arms, I actually was, that's exactly why I asked you that question because that that vision sounded so hopeful, so, so natural. And I can see... Uh, tired parents and tired, tired adult children too. The, the, the children are tired of, of the struggle, um, really having a hard time envisioning that because of what they've been through. And I think it's often not the autism that is so much a problem as some of the difficulties they've, they've been through. For example, bullying and uh, feeling inadequate, not understanding why other people do things so effortlessly, why it's so hard for them. So all of those things have come together to wear them down. And just that freedom of taking off the expectations, I'm not going to make you do anything. We're just going to walk around the block. And I feel it goes a long way for both parents. And I say children because my children are grown up, so I feel like I can call them children. I I love what you're saying about your thinking about where that child, that student, that young adult is and where the family is. And this just brings me back to how everything about RDI is about the individual. Uh, you're not playing peekaboo with a 27-year-old. It's, it's what I love about RDI because we take our families through a very family-friendly assessment and we figure out what's going to work for that family. And I think when we're thinking about what's going to work for the family, we're, we're also considering that this is kind of an adult. I mean, this is a person who's pretty much an adult now. And what do adults do? What are the kinds of authentic jobs that they have? And I like to 
have the person positioned in the family where they're contributing to the family. And so, for example, um, let's move the furniture. So you're picking up the sofa and you're moving the furniture together. It's a regulatory pattern. But you're rearranging the house. You're doing something for your family. You decide that you're going to paint the living room bubblegum pink. I hope you don't do that. But you decide you're going to paint the living room. You're doing something that is an adult task. You're doing it in a complementary, sequential way sometimes, sometimes, um, sometimes simultaneous with the father or the mother. And when you're doing that painting, you are in a regulatory pattern, but you're contributing to your family. People walk in and, oh, I love the new color in the living room. Oh, yeah, we did it together. And so there's that feeling of being competent, um, having agency, doing things uh, with your family and for your family. Well, I know we, we have uh, families, but we also have people who uh, whose profession have taken them into working with uh, adult, adult students. And, um, you know, I know sometimes uh, professionals will shy away from adults, not because they don't, they don't care for them, uh, because they think maybe it will be more challenging. I really think it's just different, don't you? I think it is different. Um, I don't think about it as challenging anymore, do you? No, I feel like sometimes you just have to take the first step and say, let me get started. And once you've done that, it feels great. And you're really enjoying the new experience you're having as well. I think, um, I think one of the reasons it doesn't is because of the great individual assessment um, in our RDA, our relationship development assessment that we have. It, it is for the individual family, which is for everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, I always tell people it's um, not a test. It's not as a parent myself, uh, the word assessment or, or exam or whatever <laughs> um, can have a connotation we don't love. But this is so completely different. It's, it's just about watching a family. And so how old the family members are as only as relevant as as much as we need to individualize what we're doing for them. And one of the things that we do in the assessment that I love is we change the materials around so that if we're trying to see how a young child might put together a puzzle with a parent with an older teenager, young adult, we can get some kind of a 3D uh, thing that they're going to put together. And it's really interesting for them because they've never done it before. And so you can see the parent and child, you can see their minds really working on, how do we do this? How do we figure out? So there's a conversation and we're already establishing that we're all in this together and we're going to move forward together. One of the things that I, I want to touch on as we, as we conclude is all, all Adults. I know some families will tell me if their children are struggled with speaking or can't speak mm-hmm. or other um, other side alongs, if we will. Some people say co-occurring side, side with autism. Um, that is 
they always kind of go, not a problem. And I'm like, no, it's, it's not a problem for what we do. We're it's for everybody. And I just want you to speak to that because I think particularly as uh, children get older and they're into the teens or even adults, and they're still struggling with some of those things, uh, parents sometimes feel like, well, maybe that's for others, but not for our family. And I know it's just not true. When you think about someone who has a problem with language, it doesn't mean they have a problem understanding. And so too often professionals rush in and categorize that person as somebody who can't do things. But if we take our time, I feel, I, I really believe everybody has a gift and everybody has a talent. And we need to find out what that is and we need to develop it. I'm really impressed with the work of Kamini Lakhani in India. And uh, at our last annual conference, she was talking about what some of her young adults were doing. And there's a guy who has almost no language and he has this talent for cooking and he comes up with these creative, wonderful dishes. And she said, who would have known? And her own son, they discovered, had a gift for art, for painting. And he, his work now is on the uh, runway in India. Somebody picked it up and they're taking his designs and they're putting them onto fabrics and making purses and hats and saris, different things like that. I feel like we have to take the time that that's needed to understand <clears throat> what a person's interests are, what their capabilities are, where their talents are, and then come alongside them and help them develop those things. And that's what RDI leads us to, doesn't it? It does. Thanks for joining us for ASD, A New Perspective, a podcast show where we help you understand the mind of your child. And we always encourage you that growth for your child is possible. I'm Kat Lee. See you next time.